3: i'm going to leave you on tim because we're still waiting for a few more fun and exciting people to join us and um you might have something of value to uh let us know so tim tell us a bit about you
2: um my name's tim mcveigh i work for a design company called brand ideas i do um, corporate identity work primarily and have been on blab for maybe about 80 days now so it's probably about 70
3: days longer
2: than me okay (laughs)
3: <laughs> so um do you speak at conferences and represent um, your organization I, that way
2: i present so I, yeah. I i will do sales presentations um i have sermonized and i have um i guess spoken in front of audiences but it's not it's not like i'm trying to sell myself as yeah, a yeah. motivational speaker or somebody who is out there to make money on the on the um speaking circuit so to speak
3: yeah yeah fair enough um but you know having said that there's a whole stack of people out there on the speaking circuit who are representing their company who are speaking uh For essentially sure. selling and another person who's like that is russell pearson who's joined us russell if you um click a magic button at your end and apply to be on this uh on the screen i will put you up and we can talk there's with you as brand
2: well brand design guy so there
3: you go <laughs> indeed guys he is, uh, and he's, you know, we're, this is going to become a branding discussion this week. Fantastic. <laughs> we love that. Hey, so Tim, you know, as you've uh, hit the, so you're the, bring the brand guru and you would have seen many speakers out there. Um, what are some of the big branding mistakes you reckon they make?
2: Um, look, I think it's easy to become fairly myopic when you're talking about industry stuff. And so mm-hmm. you tend to tend to uh, and it could be a good thing if you're speaking about something specifically. But if you're speaking to a broader audience, sometimes just changing your language, simplifying your language so that you're still speaking about your topic, but making it more accessible uh, using less um, jargon is is often a better way of, of approaching um your audience. So I guess that comes from knowing your audience. Are they all branding people? Are they all experts in a certain narrow field or are you speaking to a wider audience and therefore you need to pitch your um, your conversation to a, a broader um, scope and have a little bit more flexibility in in the way you use your language? Simplify it.
3: Yeah, Yeah. So naturally you've been to a whole lot of conferences and presentations and whatever. Do you find that that a lot of the presenters are busy talking about
2: themselves rather than talking to the audience Look, and what the audience wants I, to hear: I think um, and you see it on blab too I call it almost um, scopism that that yeah. the people who come in here uh, they'll jump into a room and then they'll primarily talk about themselves and put their pitch up, do their elevator thing and and that it, it tends to be about them and rather than what they can give out to the the people watching. So I often um, get a little frustrated when it becomes a sales pitch and not not a conversation which I think this platform lends itself to yeah. fairly naturally.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so I mean you say you've been on Blab for 80
2: days now, obviously you've been oh, somewhere keeping, there I haven't checked my out. Numbers. Um
3: what's been your first
2: impressions of it? I oh, look I think I I'm pretty well invested in this space um yeah. as as a contributor and a member of the community of blab as well as um doing a few of my own kind of um ventures in into it so um, partly promoting and talking about brand ideas which i said um, isn't a good thing when you're doing blab but also um, trying to make a an infotainment platform trying to yeah, develop yeah. some some uh shows so to speak so that it's yep. something that the community can actually Sort of participate in and enjoy yeah. in a little more light-hearted fashion. Cool. Um,
3: well, speaking of light-heartedness, bacon is better. and Everyone sees that's important. That you need to know.
2: every social media person on the planet should jump into into the oh, lab. Well, bacon <laughs> is full of awesomeness.
3: Hey, now we've also had Kerry and Russell have joined us, and Anthony. I've got a couple of open seats, ladies and gentlemen. So if you um, Tim, how do you, I, I'm not a big user of Blab, at the receiving, and here we go, do they request to come online? So, Russell, I want you on the, on the screen, son. There you go. Here we go. All right. So, we've got a, Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Hello, Kerry.
0: Hello, Warwick. Hi, Tim. How are you?
3: Really we well. All well. Always I've had microphone issues, but I think we've got them sorted. Okay. I'm, I'm
0: just going to run and get the headset.
3: Because... Excellent. Hey, Russell, welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. How's hi, Russell? Been? Good day. Head office at uh, Crimson Fox. They're good. They're good. They're uh,
4: they're all. Everyone's working, doing what they're yep. supposed to be doing, which is what you want. And uh, I'm the, here blabbing. Apparently, it's the first the, time I've the blabbed. Friday <laughs>
2: afternoon view.
3: <laughs>
4: Absolutely.
2: Okay, Russell. I warn you: once you're in, they never let you go. So oh, it's a well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's a worry.
2: Uh,
4: very, very good so, to meet you. I don't think we've actually met, Tim.
2: No, um, I don't think we've met either, Russell. So, well, and it's just great to see four Australians um, and three of whom uh, I've met. Kerry before, but um, yeah, great to see some more Aussies on the platform.
4: Fantastic. I'd like to ask you about brand ideas, but since that was just statement that you couldn't go into that. I guess I can't ask
3: well,
2: about it now. <laughs> that we were talking about getting more speaker success, so I don't want to technically blabjack it by suddenly turning it into a talk about branding. Unless,
3: so well, let's talk about that. Unless
2: it changes the title.
3: Let's talk about that, Tim, because um, uh, you said that you present and present yourself at different uh, uh, conferences etc so how do you as a non-motivational professional speaker how do you get
2: those gigs where do you look for them is it just a matter of google well i didn't say i speak at conferences i've spoken i've um spoken in church um, environments and certainly um sold and pitched in front of audiences and and stuff like that but uh yeah i I can't say i've been the guest speaker of a major conference or anything like that. so where do you find the opportunities where you do speak um, mostly requests, and certainly uh, like this Blab platform. Um, I work by myself, so I'm fairly isolated in the world, and so I've found Blab has almost become um uh, just a new opportunity to a meet peers and share ideas. And um, I guess I'm now starting to be approached to do a little bit more because I can string a sentence together. So. That's often a, a that's good always skill a good there.
3: thing. Hey, what about you, Russell? You're in the similar space with branding, et cetera. And uh, you and I have spoken previously. A lot of your presentations have been around that brand element. So, where do you find your where do you find your your presentation opportunities?
4: Well, it, 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 keynote type presentation opportunities. It's always business associations and the like. Um, yeah, people who are looking for. Um, Please explain this thing called brand. Uh, how does it revolve around a logo? And then obviously the answer is yep. it doesn't. But the um, the <laughs> the most of the speaking that I do would actually probably be in the workshop space um, and actually doing a lot of engagement work with you know how to get a big team, whether it be you know just twenty or 40, 50 people, uh, engaged from a business point of view. So it's 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 definitely a business to business type uh, presentation for me, uh, and I'm probably not a business to public type speaker so i don't know that i'll find myself on the ted stage at any point
3: yeah <laughs> yep. what about you kerry um we were speaking previously and you were speaking over in perth and singapore and all over the place you know downtown dubbo even so yeah. whereabouts do you find your speaking opportunities where do they come from
0: uh trains planes buses wherever i'm having conversations with people actually
3: <laughs> it's you and talking to strangers isn't it do talk to strangers and that's
0: what <laughs> <worked up>. My most significant overseas, well, my first overseas conference, you know, fully paid for and expenses paid and all the extras, it was beautiful, uh, it came about because I talked to somebody on a plane and uh, had no idea what she meant when she said, oh, maybe you could speak to our members. I thought, okay, cool. So it's more regional travel like she was doing that week. And, uh, no, it was so much bigger than that. So, uh, so many, so many... Um, Pretty much everything just comes out of conversations, whether it's at networking events. I'm yet to sign up with the Speakers Bureau, uh, and now I think I can go and tell them, these are all the things that that are happening, these are all the places that I've been speaking, and would you like to be involved in that? (laughs) Because I think it would be easier to have someone managing some of those things, and also just getting more gigs, because otherwise it's like this, you know, so inconsistent. Oh, hi Leanne.
3: Um, I, I think that's probably fair to say for most speakers I know, that's life Yeah. because it's the high the, it's that particularly because most of us are one, two, three oh. people banned. So you're either busy doing the work or getting the work and it's the feast or famine. You do all this marketing. So you get all this work. So you do all the yeah. work and you've done the marketing. So you got to do all this marketing kind of stuff again. Yeah. Um, I, from my, from a few of the speakers who work with bureaus, what they've told to me is that working with the bureau does not solve all of your problems um and it is again it's like all things everything comes at a price and there's a there's a cost to it don't get me wrong it's you know i know i've done my strategy for next year already and part of that is to try and work closer with the bureaus um but at the end of the day in um uh, in the latest voices of experience or the latest uh, speaker magazine that's come out of the us you might find in the point counterpoint there was a lovely little piece written by mr warwick merry uh, about how bureaus treat uh, treat speakers. But in, in essence, okay. we are their stock. If they're a supermarket, we'd be shelves, we'd be tins on a shelf. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is about how do we make ourselves more appealing? How do we make their job a whole lot easier?
2: Then it becomes a branding and packaging um,
3: exercise. It's, it? it is. It's like as our two uh, illustrious brand experts would, would say, you know, it's all about the marketing. You know, you've got to be got to be better at marketing it's are we doing the Brady Bunch things boys you know, it's like, you know here we go.
5: just to be clear the
3: <laughs> so so that's I suppose that's a good question and um maybe a good question for people who are who are watching as well because there's a handful of people watching is um what do you do to market yourself what sort of marketing do you do as a speaker um so
5: Kerry, oh, well, how do you uh, market
3: yourself? Oh, sorry, Tim. No, jumped in.
2: <laughs> Go for it. Um, again, I'm probably not the person to be in this seat, so I might get Leanne, who is a speaker and does market herself as a speaker, All right, to perhaps jump in and replace me. Because well, I, I,
3: I, I, will, I will kick you out in a very stylish and friendly kind of way <laughs> and uh, get the lovely Leanne to, to come on in. So uh, thank you for being there all right uh leanne i would love you to to come on board and um if that means you've quickly rushed off to put some lipstick on don't worry about it we're all friends here and Russell, yeah, and, I and i didn't put our lipstick I left-
0: on i didn't no. either no it's been uh,
3: hours. See, just uh, it's, it's all it's all about her brand so well, look while we're waiting for leanne to join us um so kerry you said that you do a whole lot of your uh acquisition of opportunities through uh talking to strangers what marketing <laughs> If any, do you do?
0: Well, I guess it's after a conversation, then I would send my speakers kit. And this is really interesting because I got some great feedback from Brenda Bentz just uh, just recently. She had a good look through it. And I, I wish I had it printed out. Maybe that can be homework for, for next time. But it looks like this, but it just has, um you know, Kerry Phipps speaker service. No, I've got speakers kit but Brenda said, don't call it speakers kit. They they don't have speakers kits in Asia. They call it something else. And so it's pretty much just that page. And then there's like another um, three pages of um, bio testimonials, you know, recent clients, conferences that I've done, et cetera. And then, then the next stage, I guess it's, it's not really marketing then it's speaker services. So it's like, you know, this many people, this amount of dollars. And so I'm, Still kind of working on that. But okay. pretty much I think marketing is just, it's having conversations online and offline. I've been having some amazing connections with Periscope. And oh. I think Blab, I'm just okay. scratching the surface with Blab. I've only been on a few times and I've had some dodgy internet. Okay. But I think we're doing okay today.
3: Do you have a formal marketing plan or marketing strategy?
0: No. Okay.
3: <laughs> well, let's go to Russell. Um,
0: <laughs> it's
3: just- I actually do. I, cool. I, thought I thought you might, I thought you might,
5: so share with us your um,
3: your marketing plan.
4: So I, I have uh marketing strategies, uh, just so you know, Kerry, I also run a, a marketing business, uh, okay, which come. has its own marketing plan. And I sort of look at myself as a separate product to yeah. that. And, and as a speaker, I'm a speaker as a marketing tool for my business. Okay. Yeah. So. The marketing that I'm currently doing actually falls along the line of what I'm doing for Crimson Fox as well, which is cold calling. I actually have a guy on the phone here in the office calling associations and um, organizations that have had people, if not similar to me in the similar sort of um, uh, speaker range um, this year and make sure I'm on their books for next year. Uh, and obviously at the gig itself, making sure that prior to the appointment, that we're doing some work around getting um, recommendations and referrals. And then after the event, making sure that we continue to follow up with those sort of after sales marketing activities. Um, hello. Love it. so, uh, I'm
6: so it's
4: uh, it's one of those things where we've got um, already within the business, we've got
6: uh,
4: paid uh, um, advertising, paid um Cold calling, you know, telemarketing type strategies for getting people to our events, but also to getting uh, me to their events. Uh, and then we've also got, you know, article marketing, email marketing, a fifty-two week video series, a uh, you know, the ebook sign up list, and all the email stuff that comes off the back. And that's all built around a ninety-day plan that actually has those things rolling out on a regular basis. Now, yeah. consistency <laughs> has proven over the last 20 years, to be the thing that actually makes a difference and stops what you were talking about yeah. at the start work, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So how can you do that without burning out? And how do you do that being a one-man pers- band? Well, I don't have that. I've got nine people
3: working for me. So yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah, good. Leanne,
1: welcome. Hey, guys, how are you?
3: Fantastic. So, I'm, I'm really interested. I, tell me a little bit about you. I'm not sure that we've actually met or no, had anything no, to do with each have. other before. So, so give I live, us the I rundown. a rundown. Spook yourself I'm, crazy. Use this as a marketing opportunity.
1: I'm not very good at that. Um, I'm on a farm in South Australia. And uh, this part, so this part of me is a farmer. So, we grow cereal and alfalfa hay for the horse industry. So, I market pretty much all of our hay and and stuff, I market it online but I don't sell it online because people aren't Smart enough that's really nasty isn't it to realize that we're in South Australia so I've had people from Sydney ring me for a bale of hay for their rabbits um so (laughs) I don't actually sell online because um that's fraught with danger from my perspective although there's probably smart ways of doing it but the other half of me um I work with businesses like I'm a connection I'm a connection specialist so I help people make connections so, I have a very large LinkedIn network. I have over twenty eight thousand connections on LinkedIn, yep. and pretty much, yeah, so make connections for people and teach people how to use LinkedIn and other social media and that's pretty much me in a nutshell. So where do
3: you speak, do you speak?
1: Um, I do. I must admit that my, and, and that was interesting that Tim threw me into it, um, probably since Blab. So, done all sorts of things in the past, worked for our department, our primary industries, our department yep. of ag, um, and a lot of that was involved, you know, going around speaking to groups of farmers, and then I used to teach the internet, uh, you know, and go and speak the, the wonders of the internet, and that was back in 2000, so that was an interesting um interesting thing and um, I work with as a volunteer for Breast Cancer Network Australia so go and talk about so so all sorts of things but I must admit the last so I run training you know like I run training sessions um, for groups of people but from the actual perspective of standing in front of a a huge audience I haven't done it for a long time um, and probably since blab and I actually was laughing the other day because I think we sort of forget that that blab is public speaking you know, a lot of us just sort of sit here, and um, I and I've become a bit of a blab. Well, they call me a blabaholic. Um, I think I've got <laughs> fifty-one replays on my um on my blab profile, and you know, there's times that you know there's you know fifty or sixty people in the room, and however many you know, a couple of hundred people have come through, and so for me, blab from my speaking perspective has certainly done a huge amount for my confidence and. Um, so
3: so let's talk about marketing your you said you do some training like for stuff. You're still doing the training kind of things? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yep. how do you market the training? Is that are you doing it for someone else like the Department of Primary Industries or um, are you doing your own sessions?
1: I do so I do my own sessions. So um like I run like online training. So I will run some Facebook ads. Yes. Um for those. So probably Facebook so, yeah, so Facebook has been where I sort of generate quite a bit, um, but also through LinkedIn. So, you know, I'll post updates on my LinkedIn profile. Um, so, and then word of mouth. So a whole, range of, a whole range of ways and sort of do joint ventures with other people. So, you know, run for their audience. I facilitate um, some webinars for the Australasian Pacific Extension Network, which is a, um, like a, an ag consultants uh, network um, throughout Australia and, um, at New Zealand and Asia. So, um, and a lot of that is sort of done through their lists and yeah, so a whole range <laughs> of ways, really.
3: Cool. Hey, now, Anthony, thank you for that. Now, Anthony's come up with a question. Do you think the Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People model can work in branding? I don't understand the question. Uh, did, hmm. I've read the book a time ago. <clears throat> Um, Russell, you're our brand guru on the line. Do you understand the question? And if so, what's the answer?
4: Well, I think there's a response there where they're saying that, it, that in his time it wasn't internet-based, so based on face-to-face communication relationships. Um, he doesn't say relationships, but I think that's what he means. Um, yeah. And uh, well, for Kerry, I think uh, if you look at that poster yeah. in the background and the book and everything that goes with <laughs> it, it's uh, do talk to strangers, <laughs> uh, but yeah. also build a relationship with strangers not and uh, turn yeah. your strangers into friends
3: rather than... Uh, yeah. Just talk
4: at well,
3: people.
6: He, here's oh, a question
3: yeah. um, that what I see lately is a lot of people are using the light of uh, the likes of Confusionsoft, uh, sorry, sorry, Infusionsoft, <laughs> and other Entreport and other services to try and automate as much marketing as possible so that they can step back and have someone do it automatically. Yeah. How effective do you think those kind of services are? Go for it, Russell.
4: Um uh, I'm a big one for manual systems before you put an automatic system in place. Uh, Have you ever seen someone trying to set up an online shop without actually having a business model in place in the first place? That's (laughs) what those things are all about. You you put a piece of software in that's going to run your entire business and actually not have a business that supports the model. It's not going to work. So um, once you've got your uh, systems all running that would match something like Infusionsoft, then yeah, absolutely put it in. But, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm a big proponent for um, manual systems. it feels to me all.
3: like people have gone, oh, yeah, Infusionsoft does all the work. I don't have to make phone calls or do anything. I'll just spam the shit out of people and everything will be great and I'll make lots of money. And it just doesn't work. When I get Infusionsoft emails, I pretty much go, oh, it's from Infusionsoft, delete. And not from, I'm not saying from Infusionsoft themselves, but from someone who's using Infusionsoft because the connection's not there. It's mm. it's sort of like it's, it's, uh, it's you know it's an automated response.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I, you know, maybe not necessarily as much from my own, you know, like for my my own this part of me, but um from a from our um a hay, you know, like our hay business perspective, like I I have a you know, accumulated a database over the years and so when we have when we have new hay to sell and you know, the principles applies to whichever business you're in. So when we have new hay to sell, I will send out an email to my database, just saying, you know, hey, we've got some new hay, whatever. Um, and I can guarantee I'll make sales, you know, hey, I've got hay. Hey, we've got um, hay. <laughs> hey, we've got hay. Um, so, and you know, and I will make sales from that. So I think, yeah. you know, in some ways, when, you know, and I think when we're online, you know, when we live in the online space, we forget that our customers maybe don't have the crazy, horrible in- email inboxes that yeah. we have and that that they know that they're automated mm. like we do. And yeah. so I think sometimes we underestimate, you know, we sort of underestimate still the power of, of emails.
3: Okay. Well, that yeah. raises a, another question. Mm. Um, and Kerry, I'm going to flip over to you because, you know, you haven't said anything for a while. Um, how do you keep in touch with the customer? Like you've, you talk to them on the bus and then you turn them into a client. What systems <laughs> or processes do you have to keep in touch? Like do you send out newsletters? Is it just on Hangouts? Is it How do you keep in
6: touch?
0: Yeah, all of the above. And, uh, you know, I'm making notes of things that Russell has said because systems is what I'm not great at because people aren't all the same. So I, I never add people to anything. Uh, I've even got the "Do Talk to Strangers" group on Facebook, and it drives me nuts how people just add people to their group. And it's like, hey, I've just—I feel like I've just been like put in this place that I don't know if I've got time for. So it's the same with you know opt in, and I really only send an email once a month with a right. you know blog, latest news, and stuff, um, because I just think if I'm sharing, and I try and minimize social media, like try not to be spread across all of it. But now I've got Blab, and. Periscope, and Instagram, and Twitter, and Facebook, oh, and LinkedIn, and, no <laughs> and I'm like, not having any more. <laughs> uh, so really, it's just about, uh, I'm just doing my thing and having conversations with people, and I'm surprised now how people are hearing about the book or connecting with me through different ways, but then they're reaching out and saying, hey, can we talk more, um, which feels better to me than you know sending out an email that will get people to go, oh my gosh, I have to have that. And maybe it's yep. because, yep. you know, I fear I forget that um like Leanne was just saying, not everyone is in email overwhelmed. Some people like get really excited when they get our emails. And especially yep. when I don't send them all the time, they probably just go, Oh, at last. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, it's it's um yeah, I'm out of words okay let cool.
3: russell give me some yeah. words how do you keep in touch with your clients uh, i'm not a big
4: one for social media which is uh, probably against the trend um i'm very much uh, and again it's because speaking is not the the front end of the business although it's yep. a good marketing channel um i'm looking at the result of how do i get a client along for a full support you know annual package how do i help them through an entire year rather than just one event um and so Just doing the numbers on how much time spent on social media and actually getting the good quality content uh, that creates true conversations out. I've put probably less of my time slash money and energy into something like social media and more. That's why I would do a telemarketing campaign because I know that that's going to cost me less in the long run to get a result. So it's horses for courses. And for a lot of people um, speaking or whatever their business is, is actually a lifestyle business. For me, it's not. Uh, and so the balance I've got to find is this careful one of not making myself the only connection uh, where the business can operate without me. And yep. there's a so there's a, uh, there's some risk mitigation in that. So uh, you know, like Kerry was saying, every business is going to be different and operate different. So uh, for me, it's about defining which lead source is the most effective at any one yep. time. Um, and yeah, that's so. the thing
3: with your business and other speakers have the same thing. It's not about you. Like, it's about your brand. Like, it is about you as, you know, Russell Pearson, the CEO the of Crimson
4: Fox. The thing, yeah.
3: But it is that it's it's Crimson Fox. Your positioning is all about how do I get Crimson Fox out there so that you may well have a manager of operations come forward who, for whatever reason, appeals to a different uh, marketplace that you might say, right, oh, you're now going out to speak because it's Crimson Fox that we want to position.
4: Yeah. Yeah, potentially. And and um, against what Tim was saying before, how do I get people to crimsonfox.com.au? Yep.
3: Mm. That's crimsonfox.com.au. <laughs> Go now.
1: Write that in the comments. <laughs> That's, That's
3: it. Hey, so um, someone put a comment out there, you need a social media manager. I think it was right for right. For what do you think about having someone else do your social media? By the way, I'm just going to get my crimson fox, so keep talking. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> well, I think that comment was to me and uh, – well, I just think I need a manager of some sort. I need help. I need a <laughs> PA. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a team in the Philippines that do like just little design jobs and website things and etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, I need a manager. Mm,
1: a life manager, yeah, I, as Tim's saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm trying to, to tweet. I wish I could just like tweet um, Tim's comments. Because, uh, yeah, the telephone still works as a conversation channel. I like that. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs> With the ones we, if you haven't called uh, your customers in the last 90 days, I think that's the that's the place certainly to start. And um, uh, it's interesting. I, uh, tell me more about the do talk to strangers philosophy.
3: Does it move <laughs> Sorry, from? Sorry, I've just got my fingers
1: oh, <laughs> and <laughs> It's not. That's a poodle.
3: Yeah. I know, he was at my feet and I thought, I'll just lift my little crimson fox up and then he ran off. a <laughs> shade
1: of crimson. It's a shade of crimson.
0: Yeah, I think you need to go and get a hair colour. Uh, <laughs>
3: Sorry, I've interrupted. You were doing oh it so God. well without me.
0: Sorry, Russell, the question yeah. was yeah. about I was just, yeah, I was just
3: saying that
4: I, I assume, and, and this is why I'm asking the question, that Do Talk to Strangers as a catalyst for obviously creating relationships, but tell me more about how that process sort of would work.
0: Yes, uh, because you said something earlier about not just talking at people, and uh, I wanted to say, well, I could have called it Do Listen to Strangers, but I don't think that would be so good for marketing because <laughs> it's easier to talk than listen, isn't it? Um, oh, there's that's the Crimson fox. Yeah. I don't know,
4: let's not keep bringing it up, but keep talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you Will distract me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the subtitle is How to Connect with Anyone Anywhere. And so while people want to know how do I connect to grow my business? That's only a small part of it. And if people are just going out looking for how can I, okay, I just need to just, just give me one moment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, we've gone to the ridiculous Friday afternoon. We've all had a few bevies and everyone's right, bringing in their toys.
0: Oh, well, here we go. Um, so, so are we showing trophies now? <laughs> it's just the most stylish one I've ever seen. Isn't that cute? That's fantastic. Yes. Um, so... I don't know how that was relevant. <laughs> Anyways, just thought I'd join the conversation. Go back in, Tim. So, connecting.
2: This
3: is my, um, I can... Oh, Tim, it. thank <laughs> you. No, really, Kerry, we will get back to your serious point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's all right, because I've got happy faces in there. Tim, can we just see that again?
3: Oh, <laughs> well, hey, very nice. What it, is that, that one? one? That's my Santa one. I dressed up as Santa for my... um. Uh, personal trainer for his karate class. And there's a little kid kicking me in the cojones and he gave me a trophy in return. Uh,
0: love it. I think, love and I think it. my nephew gave me that. So,
3: All right. Back to uh, yeah, tell us about how Do Talk to Strangers is not just a book. It's actually a business philosophy and one that continues to add serious dollars to your bottom line. So as a speaker, please explain to Russell what it's all about.
0: Oh, it just froze. Please explain to Russell and then you, I didn't hear what you said. But, um, yeah, I, I guess it came about because that is how I've grown my business. So, first as a coach. Are you guys still there?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, we can, we can hear yeah, you and see I just you. Got,
0: you were all frozen and then now it just says audio only. So, I felt like maybe I was alone in the world. No, we can, we can so see you. I, can you okay. So, I, I grew a coaching practice globally in a very short space of time just by conversations because I didn't know anything about marketing and I mean I had um, a friend with an amazing graphic design business who did beautiful business cards so I've always had you know great um, whatever you call them business cards and you know the occasional flyers and stuff like that collateral there we go, marketing collateral so I have had some good stuff like that but really it's just about Uh, conversations that have grown my business and then I would be telling people stories about oh I met this person on the train then I ended up speaking at their conference and this and this and this and like a whole lot of different things sometimes it was I was able to connect people to um, young people to give them funding for tertiary education and you know just win-wins for everybody but people were just asking how do I do this and how do I put people at ease at networking functions and so that's that's kind of how the the book came about so it is a life philosophy but it's it's how i've grown my business and i know that i you know really need to learn some systems and just do things more effectively but but it still is always going to be the core way of connecting because that's just me and um people love connecting with people
3: cool all right so i'm going to uh sidestep (laughs) let's talk about strategy so next year is almost upon us. I know it's probably 6 weeks till Christmas or 5 weeks. Get out there, shop on. Uh and I've spent this week doing my strategy for 2016. So uh, for the three of you on the line, do you spend time putting a strategy together? If so, for what duration is it? 90 days, 12 months, 6 months, or rolling 180 days? And how often do you revisit your strategy and who helps you put it all together?
2: So let's start with Tim. Um I try and start with at least a one page of goals that works backwards from the year, the half year and the three months kind of thing. So if I at least sort of can hit those targets, I feel like I'm moving forward. So that's, that's essentially, if I can get that onto two pages, um, I feel pretty happy.
3: Yeah. Cool. Russell, what about you? Uh,
4: Same sort of thing. Uh, Work on the, the goals, you know, doing the whole smart goal thing and then working into a 90 day plan. But at the end of it, I I do have that, that Gantt chart. Uh, I'm trying to find better ways of doing that. And I'm, you know, with the production team, we've got like scrum starting to happen in the office, which is sort of agile production. And I don't know how that comes into goal setting from a personal point of view. I still use the old, the old chart, the 90 day plan, but um, yeah, certainly do plenty of that. And who helps me with it? Uh, well, I had a, I had a coach uh, earlier this year who had been with me for five years, so I'm doing this experiment, which I don't know whether it's a smart thing to do or not, but just sort of go it alone for eight months and make sure that I'm, uh, I'm not just parroting what people are, uh, are telling me to do or, or suggesting that do I do,
3: own.
4: but uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm still spending uh, uh, moments to get out there and sometimes I even do uh, unusual ones, which is, to go to a small business 90-day planning session um, for people who are just starting their business and use that as an opportunity to do mine in an environment where everyone's actually asking questions that most of them are, you know, things that we already know, but it's a good environment to do it in because everyone's sort of engaged Mm -hmm. all at the same time.
2: Can I ask, do you guys Periscope? Do you use that as a speaking platform? Yes, indeed. Yes. And I don't.
3: Um, I find Periscope really good in terms of it's a, it's a one-to-many, whereas this platform is more many-to-many. So the platform is I'm going to tell you something, whereas here is we're going to have a conversation. Sure. So as a speaker, I will frequently use Periscope when I'm on site um, and talk about something that's either happening or a lesson or a message or uh, I actually will support the client and talk about what's going on for the client's event. Sometimes I'll even promote client's events. Um, so it is a very powerful platform and the joy of it now is also because, you know, as a speaker, nearly all of us blog or vlog or podcast or something, you then get the recording and on the blog it goes and it's more content or, and and it's more lessons that you can use. Um, I travel quite a bit both personally and professionally. And so I will frequently do a message like, Without showing off, but by showing off, I was in the Dominican Republic last week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. And so I did a couple of Periscopes from there um, to just sort of talk about some of the different things that were happening there that had a universal message, um, and it's a good way to to profile. So. Um, Uh, So I had a question that came to me about strategy. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, As many people know and many listeners will know, I am a member of PSA, Professional Speakers Australia, which is part of the Global Speakers Federation. Huge, huge fans. If you're a speaker, please go and find out more about um, the speaking body in your country. Recently, at the Victorian one, we had Guiham Pereira, who is essentially a speaking legend. um, And uh, he was talking about one of his ways of strategizing, which... I have taken an um it has inspired a new process for myself, so he would have he basically says every ninety days he has essentially it's a Gantt chart or a spreadsheet with breakdown of tasks and talking he'll have five projects for every ninety day plan um and knowing that only three of them will get complete and then he'll have for each each year he'll have four key areas of which there'll be these project plans will fit within so it's a good way of of breaking it down now i i'm one of my educational processes is a business degree so they all talk about um strategical tactical and operational and so it, there is the okay what's the goals or what's the dreaming bits that i want the strategic stuff and then tactically well what does that really mean and then operationally what do i do on a day-to-day basis and then putting in that kind of accountability process to make sure that that happens. So I found that quite effective. And as I said, this week I spent a day putting my own strategy together and then a couple of hours with one of my mentees or mentors or mastermind group, actually I'm going through that and sharing, sharing stuff. So that's one of the things I found incredibly valuable. Um, Kerry, what about you? Do you put strategies and stuff together?
0: Uh, A little, um, I'm flying by the seat of my pants at the moment, and uh, and just commenting on the side. Uh of, not, we're going
3: to get back yeah, to uh, always, Dr. Tom's question of having a speaking coach.
0: Yeah, uh, like I'm always journaling and revisiting, uh, you know, big picture, you know, like a year and et cetera. But um, you know, three months is a good space because things come up, and and I'm like, oh, Philippines, hadn't thought about that. Sounds good. So awesome. as long as, as long as it fits, you know, with my core purpose and and it sounds exciting and there's travel involved, then I can easily be distracted by something exciting like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Now, when I went to Manly the other week, um, I just Oof, thought Manly. I, yeah, because that's humble bragging right there. Hello, oh, yes. baby. <laughs> hope you got the ferry over there. I did. I went went over the water.
0: Where are you based, okay. Tim?
2: I'm in Sydney, but I'm in the mountain side of Sydney, so...
0: Okay, cool. So,
2: yes, when you went to Manly... Yeah, I um just was dropping that in because oh, okay, good, no, good, over, that's you know, important. That's important. <laughs> you were overseas. Oh look, uh, Russell overseas. and I. When we
3: go to Mount Waverley, the <laughs> Palm Court dining area. When I go um, down to the uh,
4: actually, I was there at the Palm Court the, earlier this week.
2: You Thanks, have my deepest sympathies, <laughs> and introduce you to.
3: All right. I love the way he he drops his. Head. Now, Dr. Tom, you've uh, you have asked the question. Do any of us have a speaking coach? Um, hi, Dr. Tom. Welcome.
5: Hey, thanks, Warwick. Great, uh, great to be here. Can you hear me okay? Hi,
3: Tom. Yeah, yeah, can hear you okay. fine. Uh, so, hi, speaking Chris. coach Russell, do you have a speaking coach?
4: uh let's see uh not not an official one so not a not a regular one uh but i yep. do speaking training uh on a semi-regular basis so probably once a quarter i would pick an event to go and attend uh that'll be some sort of training in, in some area of speaking so, I did, so uh, what are some of the
3: what are some of the past events you've gone to russell
4: oh uh, clinton swain does does one uh that's more of a, yep. it's almost a theater style communication um uh, type piece and that was that's quite good um on a regular basis, actually, on a monthly basis, I don't feel that this is part of my training, but it's a great place to go. Uh, like you said, the professional speakers, uh, Australia, we well, nearly did it. Will that be the
3: third Monday of the month in Victoria? <laughs> it
4: is, the third <laughs> Monday of the month in Victoria. Uh, but, that, but that's something that I go to on a regular basis. So, for instance, this month we've got Alan Parker presenting and he is uh, a biggest trainer and, a, and, a, and a, very, um, a very well-known worldwide sort of...
3: Um, well, he's an authority Expertise. on NLP and that's, how to use the it the for communication
4: skills. Yeah, that's the word I wanted. Yeah, NLP and uh, authority. Yeah, but he's going to be presenting. So things like that are a good way to do it. But as far as coaching one-on-one where you get feedback, probably once a quarter, once every
3: six months I do something. Right. Kerry, do you have a speaking coach?
0: Not at the moment. I've done a lot of courses and it was actually breaking up there, so I, I missed the names. But um, my next step is a voice coach. So, uh, and I'd like to do things like, uh, you know, improv and drama, just to be a little bit more fun and and sing more. And so Talk that's the about
3: that's why you think you need a voice coach, Kerry?
0: Oh, because I don't have good projection. I right, <laughs> I can wear out my voice um, talking to strangers, yep. uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's, the idea intrigues me. You know, I've got friends who are like in theatre and, you know, work with. With voice coaches, and I just think I could learn to do some cool stuff. And yeah. improv is, is a uh, you know, fun, and I would like to do more of that. But a lot of the speaker coaches that I've connected with, it's it's kind of like this process, and it, it just doesn't sit with me. So I've done all these courses, and then thrown the um, oh, the voice coach. On. So, uh, maybe you can come on and tell us what you actually do. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah. This, is, this is lovely uh, Zara. Yeah. She, no, there's multiple people there
6: actually.
0: Yeah.
3: Foster, foster presence. Um, so, for me, as in terms of the kind of speaking coaching I've done, I've done improv training for the last uh, mm. 12, 18 months. Um, my role's more as an MC. Yeah. Uh, I do a bit of speaking, but MC. And I find the improvs yeah. great for mm. making stuff up as mm-hmm. I go. Kerry, I'm going to kick you off. I'm getting a whole lot of feedback and stuff coming from you. It's not that mm. I don't like you or anything, but goodbye um uh if you want to come on we can talk about some of the key things you need there you go um so also i've done some work with a guy called michael grinder out of the u.s he came out to australia and i did some stuff and then went over there he his brother created nlp but he is more about positioning on stage and stavecraft he focuses on the education industry um, and, but I, I actually flew to the States and spent a week with him. That was an amazing experience. Um, but as Russell said, Alan is, um, city based
5: uh, Dr. Tom, where are you based? I'm based in Seattle.
3: Okay. Um, so Seattle is, um, uh, Michael Grinder is in, um, where's he He's near, nearby. It's, um, uh, Portland. So it's not that okay. far away. And so every July he does um, a week-long uh, intensive kind of thing there. So that's worthwhile looking into. But really it is looking at what is it that you need or where you want to focus on because there is so much as a presenter that you can do. Um, so it is looking at what are, the, what are the elements that you need to look at. So for yourself, it's Dr. Nice Tom, sense. where would you think you need some, um, some assistance?
5: Well, you know I was um part of the reason i'm asking is that i I do both um quite a bit of speaking as well mm-hmm. as training speakers, and so one of the things that i've found is that lots of professional speakers focus on their message right and they yes. get their passion to bring their message forward but um do they spend as much time on the craft of speaking itself and so it was I was just really interested in. Um, how yep. do you guys sort of navigate that? You know, it's like I want to continue to go deeper into my message that, you know, the core reason that I want to present. But then, do I also focus on things like Carrie was saying? Do I focus on my voice? So I've worked with a um, uh, yep. someone who teaches people how to sing, and so yep. having her help me understand how to use my voice. You know, the pitch and the pace and the passion. You know, those sorts of things. Or, um, or I do actually. I work with executives, and and we use video. So I was, I'm was i wondering, you know, sometimes I know coaches who will videotape a presenter in their um, native situation and then review that with them and then help them improve how they're using their space, how they're using the tools like slides, things like that. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then other people use groups. So you're, you know, you're a CSP. So are you working with a speakers association or Toastmasters yeah. as a way of getting feedback? So yeah. when I I really jumped in I said get more speaker success I'm like oh wow well what are the keys that you guys are finding are the most important for someone who is starting out as a speaker it's well know your message but work on the craft and then there's so many dimensions to that so yeah Warwick you're mentioning improv that was a real I think that's a, a real untapped source of uh, helping speakers grow I'm sorry
3: Yeah, yeah, look, but it is, the improv's great for sort of freeing up. So you're aware of national speakers in the US, yeah?
5: Sure.
3: Yeah, great. Uh, The lovely Zerafina Zara is one of Australia's foremost presentation experts um, and does some amazing research stuff. So, Zerafina, what do you reckon, from the speakers that you've had some stuff to do with, what do you reckon are the two key things they need to address to be better at what they do?
6: Use of stage space. I think um, there's there's a lot of thought that goes into and and I've coached voice for twenty years as well, so you'd think I would say voice would be the the first thing, but it's actually um, how you're using the stage space and how you're connecting emotionally with your audience, so what are you getting them to How are you engaging them? And because we're we're hardwired with mirror neuron networks, which means that our audience is experiencing what we do physically at a very small level, that when we we move on stage or we don't move on stage, our audience actually experiences that. Uh, And I just feel there's a lot of missed opportunities for speakers in how they use their stage space and how they create emotion.
3: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Tom, you're a speaking guru as well. Would you, what would you say, are the top two things that speakers need to look at to get better at what they do?
5: Yeah. So I, I love what Serafina said, and I would echo that. And, oh, come over here. <laughs>
6: Hello. Hey. Hello.
3: <laughs> Sorry, that's using props, exactly right? Show there. and tell session, that's the whole session, defense. everyone's been showing stuff. Yeah.
5: <laughs> uh, I, I say. Fidelity to your message and fidelity to your audience. So okay. you know, if you can have that dual sense of, um, I think sometimes when, we, when we're when we so passionate about our message, we just think about um, what that means to us. So we can be speaking to ourselves. I think too often speakers are speaking their, their message in their own language to themselves in a way that makes the most sense. Instead of saying, look, you are the presentation. You don't just give a presentation, you are the presentation. So using the fullness of who you are and the space that you have with your voice, with your body, with those tools. Like I I speak a lot with executives and for them, the presentation are the slides. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna read the slide. I'm gonna put all the information on the slide. I'm like, no, 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 that's a tool. And so yeah. to Zeraphina's point, look, how you use your body, how you're, you're conveying the message, how it's coming from within you, right? This is the message. It comes from, from here, not from here. And yeah. so how do, you, how do you live that message, but in a way that is completely um, faithful to the situation of the audience you're speaking to? Right? What's the language that they're going to connect to? What are the experiences that you can draw on that they'll find meaningful? So it's the truth of your message has to be meaningfully understood or received by the audience.
3: Yeah. What I would suggest is to be a truly successful speaker is you need to spend more effort on your marketing than you do on your performance skills. Now you two are probably going to go, no, 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 that's not true. (laughs) Um, Winston Marsh, who's uh, like an absolute stall. He's the eldest statesman of the industry in Australia. He once said to me a long time ago, you've got to be a better marketer of what you do than a doer of what you do. And don't get me wrong, you've got to be, you've got to be good because you're only as good as your last presentation. But if you can't market yourself, you will starve. And unfortunately, I've seen too many speakers spend so much time, effort and money making sure their presentation's right, their slides are right, and this is how I use my hands. But they haven't spent any time or effort on getting better at marketing at what they do. Um, so my humble opinion is that it's really important to be as a good speaker, to have great content, to have great slides, all that sort of stuff. But you've got to you've got to spend some effort into marketing or you will starve.
6: But I would argue that all of that is your entire branding. All of that is who you are and how you're communicating that to the world. And that when we're presenting, we want that to be consistent because nobody want, I agree, if nobody, if you haven't marketed yourself, nobody's going to see you do what you do. Uh, but I think that all of those things need to be consistent and you have thought about how you want to communicate with the world for all of those elements, I mean, I end up working on content with people a lot more than I would think because the power and the of language and the colours they use and um, and the stories they tell are the things that are going to make an emotional connection with their, their audience.
3: Yeah. But if not, if not marketing, nobody
6: knows
3: and Kerity makes a good point, and this is something that she and I have spoken about recently. There are plenty of speakers out there who are brilliant marketers and crap speakers. They never get the second gig. Um, they, they get the first gig but never the second gig because they're not true to their marketing. Their marketing is so good. They get, you know, and I think plenty of us as speakers, we know so many people out there who seem to get way more work than us, and we are way better than them as speakers. Um, so it is about making sure that you have that authenticity of what you market and how you represent yourself align. Otherwise you're going to burn clients and you will not get repeat business.
5: You know, to that point, thank you. Uh, chocolate chip cookie. There it is right there. They talk about marketing. My wife just sent my two youngest daughters over here to bring me chocolate chip cookies. So I, here's an interesting reality in my world, uh, in where you are, it's my birthday. Here it's Oh, happy so birthday. Happy Thank birthday. You. You're you. in the future. Happy birthday. From the future. To you. <laughs> happy
3: birthday. To you. Here, I'll eat the
5: cookie. Excellent. Uh, well,
3: what better way to finish off than saying happy birthday to Dr. Tom? Um with with support of little people in the background all waving and sticking their head around. That is well, you
5: know, I just like awesome. I want to I just want to agree with you about the how speakers they can be so focused on their craft. Uh, that, yeah, if it's not turned into a brand, then they're not going to get a market. Here's a very simple uh, way, a metaphor I use, is that speakers can spend a lot of time on their gold. Right? You gotta, you're building up that gold that you want to serve, make it really valuable. But if there's no rainbow, they're not going to get to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And that's the marketing. Yeah, fantastic. So marketing is creating the rainbow that's going to draw people to that gold at the end of the rainbow. So you need both the rainbow and the gold, right? So Kerry's Makes- talking about the rainbow with no gold. And you're saying, Warwick, well, okay, you might have a bunch of gold, but if there's no rainbow, you're not going to be found. So That's
3: fantastic. So uh, let that be the lesson of today. Have your rainbow and your gold. Thank you, everyone, for being part of the Get More Speaker Success podcast, vodcast, blab, blob, whatever the hell it is. Uh, this will be on getmorespeakersuccess.com. You can check out the recording later on. We're going to do this once a month, typically the last Friday of the month, except when I'm not here, then it'll be some other time. Keep an eye out on Twitter for all the latest and greatest. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I look forward to seeing you next time on Get More Speaker Success. Thanks, crew. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success.